I'll just have cheese and lettuce and marmite sandwich and coffee. Okay, a one, two, three, four. In 2020, two old friends created a podcast during the throes of the pandemic. Three years later, for reasons unknown, these men went their separate ways. Ghosted by his best friend and exiled by corporate news, the old paragraph stacker survives as a teacher, blogger, and podcaster. If you have nothing better to listen to, maybe you can listen to Talking Paragraph Podcast 2.0. Welcome to Talking Paragraphs 2.0. I'm the old paragraph stacker himself, Daniel Finney. Flying solo again. This is the eve of the eve of Halloween. So October 29th. Nothing. It's nothing day. Um, Des Moines, which is where I'm based has a tradition where we ask the kids, well, there's two bizarre traditions in Des Moines. One is that they have trick-or-treat night on the day before Halloween, uh, October 30th, and it is uh, called Beggar's Night. I'm sure that there's a reason or a story behind this or something. And in fact, I'm sure that I've read it a couple of hundred thousand times in the local Gannett outlet store. I just haven't committed it to memory because I don't care. It's just always been that way in my lifetime. And I'm 48 and it doesn't really bother me. And I don't have kids, so I don't care. But... The kids come out and the other tradition is that they just, we, they tell a riddle or a joke. So you go up to the house and you're like, Hey, what's the biggest pencil in the world? I don't know. What is it? Well, Pennsylvania. Hardy, har, har. Here's your Snickers bar. Be on your way. You little scamps, you little demons, devils, and witches. And, I think that this is pretty much extinct now, this this little tradition, because today's children don't want to memorize two sentences. I know this because I'm a teacher, and they can't listen to anything long, longer than a, you know, half a tweet before they're bored or off on whatever else they're interested in. So, uh, increasingly, children who had come to my parents' house to tell jokes were, weren't even doing it. Or they were saying something that was like way too adult, like something that was a lot of sex jokes, a lot of gross bathroom stuff, you know, I don't know. What happened was there used to be this guy on TV. He had a balsa wood dog beagle puppet. Uh, the puppet was named Floppy, and the guy's name was Dwayne Ellett. And he had the show. It was on at noon and 3 every day on WHO TV. And what he, what he did is kids would come to the studio, the WHO studio downtown. And, you know, Dwayne would make the, the you know, oh, did the, the dog talk like this? But, you know, very did it better. And then the kids would come up and tell floppy riddles and beep his nose and you know pet him and whatever and then in between there were cartoons old school tex avery cartoons and looney tunes and tom and jerry that's that's what got you through the day that was that was what we had half day kindergarten when i was a kid so i was racing home to get to that uh uh, floppy showing at noon and it after in first grade when I had to do a full day you were racing home to get that three o'clock or 3 30 I don't remember exactly when it was on but to catch to catch the floppy show well Dwayne Ellett died in like 88 89 something like that and he'd retired maybe a year before that and 
So it's been a good 35 years since the people of central Iowa, the children of central Iowa, have had a role model for joke telling. You know, they're, you know, they probably could tell a joke if they ask Siri or Alexa, but they just to, to memorize two sentences and go tell it to a stranger. No, there's none of that. So, you know, we're, we're doing all right. We're doing, doing well. Uh, but you know, Halloween's going, go see my buddy Lou's Halloween exhibit. Last two days are, uh, 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 the 30th and 31st, I assume. And then you won't be able to see it for a whole nother year. So get it together. Uh, check out all the info, uh, tickets and times and party and whatever from, uh, the zombie Check it out. It's awesome. He was on last week. Check out last week's episode. We'll come back with more from this week's episode and here's a classic commercial I think you'll like. For my delicious cereal called Chocula. It's chocolatey good. With a devilishly good chocolatey flavor and tasty marshmallows. Wrong air count. Kids come calling for my Frankenberry cereal. It's frightfully good with strawberry flavor and tasty marshmallows. What a treat! Called Chocula. Frankenberry. We like both. <laughs> you can enjoy this good, nutritious breakfast with Frankenberry. Called Chocula. Some sad news. Um, Matthew Perry of Friends, the long-running and much-beloved NBC sitcom, has died at age 54. I didn't know how close in age we were. I mean, we're, he's, I'm 48, he's 54. We could have been in the same high school, um, I was not a huge fan of Friends. In fact, I have said just wretched, horrible things about Friends over the years. That is really not a reaction to the show. It's just my contrarianism. I get tired of hearing things repeated over and over, sort of mindlessly, which is odd because I'm a Taylor Swift fan and everything she says is great and I agree with everything she says. So I get it you're into a thing and your friends are into a thing and that's the way, and then that's how phenomenons happen, cultural phenomenons. So that aside, uh, Matthew Perry has died. There are, there's a lot of reporting that's unconfirmed about things that I'm not going to mention, but we do know that he was, uh, he struggled with painkiller addiction that was in his memoir. He struggled with alcohol addiction, other drugs. I have friends who have lived with drug and alcohol addictions. I have my own addictions that are not defined as addictions, but food and spending are my addictions. And like depression and anxiety and other things that involve both the mind and the body, I think that we are culturally more sympathetic to these problems than we used to be, but I don't think that we look at them correctly. I still don't think that we, I still think that there's an undertone about drugs and alcohol, or I should say as an editor of mine who was a who is a recovering alcoholic, alcohol and other drugs. The, there's still an underlying attitude that this is a problem of willpower. And it isn't. 
it's a problem of brain chemistry. It's a problem possibly of genetics. It, but what it is, is a disease. And if you are in the throes of the disease, you don't know. And even when you do know, you are often powerless to stop yourself from doing the drug or action that causes so much pain to all those around you and ultimately to yourself. Now, I don't know anything about the specific circumstances of Matthew Perry's death other than he was 54 and he struggled with these things his most of his life. And I know that I have said probably on this podcast just terrible, terrible things about Friends and its cast. And I don't really mean them. They're jokes. It's kind of a running gag for me. But I do feel for Matthew Perry, and I feel for the people who love that show and the people who identified with those characters. I did not forcefully so, but I understand what that's like. So the first thing I want you to do is remember that as much as he entertained you, just remember keep it in perspective if you can especially if you're a person like me who is always on the right edge of the hole and the dirt's crumbling under your heels just remember this was a person that you knew only through tv and that all of the things that made you laugh and made you care about this person's work is still available to you they, they may be gone, and that's sad. It's truly sad. But you can still watch all the Friends reruns on whatever streaming service it ended up on. Second thing I want you to do is really assess how you talk about addiction, how you think about addiction, how you would act towards someone in your life with addiction. That would be the best way to honor Matthew Perry. Hashtag RIP Matthew Perry means nothing. That's calling attention to yourself. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, hey, someone died. Look at me. Look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm displaying uh, my grief in the cultural zeitgeist. Take, I, I wrote about Robin Williams when, when he died by suicide. And it was so hard for us to imagine this person who gave us so much laughter, so many beautiful moments as an actor, especially as a dramatic actor where I really loved him. It was so hard for us to imagine that there was so much pain in him that he was suffering from this disease. And I wrote about this. I said, this is the proof. There are no lines in which depression won't cross. There are no lines in which alcoholism or addictions of any kind won't cross. And we tend to look at those people who struggle with these things, not maybe maliciously so, but we tend to look at them and think, well, we're stronger than them. We're only stronger than them because we're not facing what they have to face. Because I can tell you, I've gotten some attitudes about depression in my life where I get really frustrated. and Because people will say, well, just think happy thoughts. And I always want to say, if I could do that, we wouldn't be talking about this. Uh, you know, and I have doctors, I have medicine, I have support. Now think about all of the people who don't have those things and who are living without the support of insurance or without the uh, with living in rural Iowa where there are no uh, therapists or you got to drive 100 miles to get a therapist. Think of children who, while their addictions may not be uh, prevalent, there are still 
children who are living with depression, anxiety, ADHD, you know, all kinds of stuff that is affecting their behavior, affecting their quality of life, affecting everything. Just remember that we sell ourselves a myth. We, we sell ourselves a myth that every day should be a good day. I, the people who tick me off the most are the ones who thoughtlessly say something like the following. They'll be like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, I'm all right. Like, why just okay? Why not great? And I'm like, I don't want to even talk to you anymore. Because not everybody is going to be aiming for a great day. A lot of people are just aiming to get through the day. If you meet me in during a weekday and my knees hurt and I've had a rough class or two or 10 or whatever, I'm going to be the kind of guy who is just trying to get through, is trying to survive. And I have a survivor's mentality. My resilience is high. I do not have a thriver's mentality. And I want to work toward that, but I'm not there yet. And I'm 48 years old. I'm almost 50. And, you know, maybe I never get there, but I survived, which is a lot. So for those of you who were Matthew Perry fans, who loved Friends, I'm sorry that Matthew Perry's gone. I'm sorry to Matthew Perry's family, all of that. I just hope that we take this time where this is in the in front of our faces for a few days and really think about what addiction is, who suffers how those people suffer, how that affects the people in their lives. And really assess our level of empathy and adjust ourselves. And remember, sadly, sometimes no matter how hard you fight the good fight, sometimes it doesn't go your way. We'll be back with something a little less serious after these messages. Welcome back. Let's get into the news. Go over to AP Oddities, see what's happening. So this is the big story, I think. There's there's this guy, his name's Ed Curry. C-U-R-R-I-E. I'm calling him Curie. He's from South Carolina. I don't think we should hold that against him, but he's from South Carolina. And he is the mad scientist who crossbred uh, peppers to create something called the Cal- Carolina Reaper, which is supposed to be hotter than the pepper spray that cops use on criminals and this guy like created that and he ingests these people ingest this stuff all the time i don't know what happened with daily life in america that it became so boring that we were like you know what we should do we should make everything flaming hot but i'm around 11 and 12 year olds all day during the week and everything they eat is on fire. They they have these uh, chips called Takis and some of them are like super flaming hot. And the uh, like Ron Wood or is it Roy Wood? I forget. The guy who used to be on The Daily Show, very funny guy. He does TikToks every now and then. he did one of different things that were flaming hot and they didn't they had like a flaming hot version of cinnamon toast crunch and the comedian would react to the same way i did it's like everything doesn't need to be flaming hot it just doesn't now i'm a big live and let live guy like if you want 
to put curry in your breakfast cereal or whatever, that's fine. I think you're fucking weird and probably have uh, a future ulcer on the way. But whatever, man, do what you got to do. But this guy, this this Ed Curry, Curry, I don't know how you say his name. Who cares? The creator of the Carolina Reaper, as is the right of every American, he decided that a pepper that's hotter than things we spray in the eyes of people who are fighting cops was not hot enough. And he kept working, kept working in his little lab, crossbreeding peppers and doing whatever it is you do as a plant scientist until he came up with a pepper that wasn't just twice as hot as the Carolina Reaper. It's three times as hot as the Carolina Reaper. Verified by the Guinness Book of World Records. Those guys take records seriously. They have a whole bunch of paperwork you got to figure out. And now there's a pepper out there that could probably kill you. I don't think there's enough milk in the world. I would never do this because I think I would be in the hospital. I, I mean, I like a little spice. Like I'm talking about like if I go to Popeye's and get some chicken or a chicken sandwich, I prefer a chicken sandwich that's got a little spice to no spice or like regular buffalo sauce. Not fire buffalo sauce, just regular buffalo sauce. Then yeah, I'm I'm fine. But I don't need to test the limits of my taste buds, my uh, esophagus, or my intestinal system, nor my rectum with something that's hotter than the thing that we use. That's that's now three times as hot more for or more than the thing we use to get criminals to finally give up by spraying them with it in the eyes. I'm not doing that. I have, I I enjoy like the occasional jalapeno on, you know, uh, a burrito or a hot dog or whatever. But like, I am not a fan of peppers and I, and I have not been a fan of peppers, certainly not flaming hot peppers since I was uh, in, let's see, this was my sophomore year. It was my first quarter at East High School, which was the last quarter of my sophomore year. It was after spring break, and I had left Winterset under auspicious circumstances. And the... uh, the situation was that we were in biology class and we were we we were dissecting uh a jalapeno and when i say we it was me and i they paired us up by uh alphabetically so it was me with lisa flynn and Amy Ford, who were two of the most beautiful girls in our class. And I was brand new to the school. So I ended up uh, doing all the work because, you know, I want to impress the girls with how smart and cool I am. And what happened was you open up the uh, a raw jalapeno and there's seeds in there and you have to we're supposed to name all the things and all of that stuff. And the one of the lab partners, I don't know if it was Lisa or Amy, but there was one of the seeds on the table and they one of them flicked it with their fingernail and it hit me right in the eye. Okay, so it's a jalapeno seed in the eye. So keep that in mind. But then and I'm not kidding here. Uh, the what do you do when something goes in your eye? You put your hands to your eye, and of course, immediately I just start bawling, like uh, my like the eye. My eyes are just 
streaming down crying and uh like the teacher comes over and she's like yeah you yeah, that's gonna hurt for a while like i didn't have to go over to the eyewash station and you know have that three thousand gallons of water poiled pour down on my eyes or it's not that many it's like a gallon or whatever but you know what i'm saying and and so that hot and they were like yeah you have to keep your eyes open and just cry so my effort to impress two attractive sophomore girls when i was a sophomore was a complete failure which it would have been a complete failure anyway because it was just it's not my time but uh and that by the other way my time never came but the uh idea of of peppers since then has always been kind of a turn off to me like i'll eat something spicy and i've tried spicy i went through a spicy period but i'm 48 now i don't i don't want to test the limits of my intestines anymore and so congratulations to mr curry the guy who's now created a pepper that probably should be registered as a uh, uh, a weapon of mass destruction. The pepper, by the way, is called Pepper X, uh, which uh, when the guy tried his own creation. This is his quote from the Associated Press. I was feeling the heat for three and a half hours. Then the cramps came. Those cramps are horrible. I was laid out flat on a marble wall for approximately an hour in the rain, groaning in pain. What? What the fuck are you doing this for? Like, why? There was a famous plant scientist who was born in Iowa named uh, Norm Norman Borlaug. And he spent his whole life uh, trying to create uh, disease-resistant wheat that could be grown uh, in climates and places where people were starving. The guy won a Nobel Prize, Congressional Medal of Honor, Presidential Medal of Honor. All like he was uh, probably the greatest Iowan who ever lived. And he uh, uh, say he's credited his wheat and his work is credited with saving a billion lives. I don't know if what Mr. Curry is doing here could save a billion lives or not. I do know it's probably not the most productive thing necessarily to create another thing that's painful for the sake of being painful. Like, I, like if you create something that causes you this much pain, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to throw this away. This was a bad idea. Not this guy. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records. Heat and peppers, by the way, is measured by the Scoville Heat Units. Zero is bland, and a regular jalapeno registered about 5,000 units. A habanero, the record holder about 25 years ago, typically tops 100,000. The Guinness Book of World Records lists the Carolina Reaper at 1.64 million units. Okay, that was the old record. 1.64 million units for the Carolina Reaper. Pepper X. 2.6 million units. <laughs> what is this for? Are we are we going to give these uh, are we going to settle the Middle East conflict by just dropping these peppers in? And you'll be like, oh, what is this? Oh my god. You know, I, I just I don't know. It, it's, uh, it's a bizarre thing to me that people what people will do to their bodies in the name of entertainment but 
I don't have any tattoos or piercings and I don't oil, I don't have a beard to oil. So everybody goes their own way. Enjoy your horrible uh, pepper, pepper X, uh, South uh, Carolina's Ed Curry. We'll be back. There's a couple of rules you follow when it comes to Halloween. And these are the rules, and you're going to follow them because Hot Rod says so. First of all, when you go out there, you're going to wear something neon because it's dark and there's idiots driving cars. And them idiots are going to run you over. Some of them don't care. You're going to take care of yourself. Now, you're going to go and you're going to knock on people's doors that got lights so you can see. And you ain't going to go inside nobody's house when they offer you candy and close the door. You're going to stay on the doorstep and you're going to say trick or treat and you're going to say please and thank you. Now when you get all your candy, what you're going to do is you're going to take your candy back home to your parents before you eat it. And then what you're going to do is you're going to have lots of fun and you're going to say to each other happy Halloween trick or treat. See you next See week. See you all next week everybody. So long. The World Series is on. The Texas Rangers represent the American League and the Arizona Diamondbacks represent the National League. I I don't know who to root for here. I think I'm probably going to root for the Rangers. I, I couldn't name a single player on either team. So I have no rooting interest. I'm, I'm still sore at the Diamondbacks for beating the Yankees. It was in 2001. It was absolutely a fair thing. They beat the world's greatest closer, Mariana Rivera, in the bottom of the ninth of Game 7 in, in Phoenix. So... It was it was a great World Series. It just didn't come out in the favor on the on the side of my team. I just you know I hold I I hold a grudge only in the sense that uh, that World Series was so culturally heavy because nine eleven had just happened. Uh, it happened in New York, and all those games in New York were amazing. And then, you know, it just sort of felt like it was a, a year of destiny. But, you know, it wasn't. You play the games, and Bruce Bochy and the Diamondbacks won. And I never really liked them since. Then they then they hired uh, – the Diamondbacks hired a couple of years ago. They hired uh, Tony La Russa after he'd retired from the Cardinals. And Tony La Russa was like, um, uh, you know, I don't think so. Uh, he just wasn't very good for them. I don't know. He was like a GM, and they got really terrible, and they were like, yeah, I think Tony maybe should go away, and he went to the White Sox where he was also really terrible. And then he was like, you know what? I, I've won three World Series. I've got, I think he's third all-time on winnings. I don't need to do this anymore. So he just went back to California and, you know, saves more animals. He's vegan animal uh, rights, whatever, whatever. He likes animals and takes care of them. So I'm not probably going to root for the Diamondbacks. The only reason that I would root for the Diamondbacks is graphic design. They have a logo on the side of the uh, the sleeve of their uniform where it's got like a snake gripping a baseball, which is really cool. It's like so cool it belongs in the minor leagues. I say that because most major league logos aren't that interesting. Uh, the, like the Yankees, whom I love, they have that classic interlocking N and Y, and that the interlocking letters. A lot of St. Louis has that. Um, L.A. has that. The Dodgers, I mean, not the Angels, but uh, no one means the Angels when they talk, talk about Los Angeles baseball. No one. Uh, they so that I thought that was cool. Like I always like teams who put some effort into their graphic design. Like Milwaukee, for, for years they had the, uh, the uh, thing that looked like a baseball club, but it was actually an M and a B. Uh, 
looks together and then they went away with with the uh wheat for the beer with it just over the m which was not nearly as cool as the m and the b cap now i think they use both some of the time or whatever i don't know the montreal expos had a cool m for their for their logo uh texas who's in the world series they just have a t the only reason that i would root for texas is two reasons one um nolan ryan pitched for them at the end of his career and got the last of his seven no hitters when he was with the rangers at, le- at least one maybe two i don't know anyway uh i i always liked nolan ryan uh, i I don't agree with him maybe politically or, or whatever, but I, I like Nolan Ryan because he was an excellent, excellent base pitcher. Uh, one of the best of his generations. The only reason he didn't have several Cy Youngs is because all the teams he played for were dogs. Like he was on the 69 Mets, but he was kind of a role player out of the bullpen because he was so wild. Uh, but in the, in the years that uh, followed, he was, the most dominant pitcher in baseball. He just happened to play for horrible teams, the horrible teams for the angels, horrible teams for the Astros and horrible teams for Texas. They were just never in the hunt. Um, There was some people on Twitter the other day, excuse me, X who were jibber jabbering about how Nolan Ryan wasn't a top 10 all time pitcher. And I think that's one of the things that someone says so that people uh, will, you know, respond to them because statistically it's just not true. He had more than 300 wins. He had, which nobody's going to get 300 wins anymore. There might not be any 200 game winners anymore. Uh, And just because of the way they use bullpens and all sorts of things, but all-time leader in strikeouts, also the all-time leader in walks. And you want to think about that for a second and be like, oh, he didn't have great control. Okay, that may be true, but if you got a guy who's throwing 9,900 and you know that he's a little wild, how comfortable you are you in the batter's box? So anyway, I love Nolan Ryan. In fact, of the few baseball cards I have, the one that I actually take care of is this one upper deck Nolan Ryan card where he's in a tuxedo with baseball cleats and his glove. And he's, he's coming up into his pitching motion and he's got his Rangers cap on upper deck made great baseball cards. When I was a kid, they, they bled the photos to the edges. Uh, they were really crisp good card stock anyway i like nolan ryan he's not playing by the way but uh he's i think he's like almost 80 uh or 70 something for sure anyway he's not playing but i'll probably root for texas which i don't like because i'm not a big texas fan you know that just texas as a whole is just it's a lot it's a big state it's full of itself uh it's got a lot of it's produced a lot of terrible politicians the only the other reason i would vote for this is that uh george w bush used to be uh an owner of the rangers uh and they were terrible just like he was a terrible president but he had uh he did have that one great moment in the 2001 world series where he came out at the first game at Yankee Stadium to throw out the first pitch. And I am not one for big symbolic gestures, but boy, uh, that felt good. Uh, I I was nowhere near New York. I was living in Omaha at the time of 9-11. And, uh, but it just felt good to see the president out there doing what needed doing I shouldn't say doing what needed me to but doing a normal thing and uh just being out there so I, I give him credit for that he did a lot of dumb stuff and he was advised by a lot of really evil self-interested people but 
I don't think he was actually a terrible person. So I'll probably root for the Rangers in a World Series that I don't care about and am probably not going to watch that much of. But the World Series is on. Uh, also in sports, the uh, Bears still stink. The backup quarterback is uh, not doing so well, which is no different than the starting quarterback. The defense is allowing the Chargers to move at will. It's just a big mess. So anyway, if you were thinking, if if you looked at this game on the schedule and you thought Bears, Chargers, both team two win teams, and thought. No, that was the right answer. You made the right decision not watching that game. Uh, Iowa was off this week, which means they scored about as many points as they would have if they had played a regular game. And I don't even think Iowa State played this week. So uh, Oklahoma lost to Kansas. So my... Heart goes out to Memphis Paul, our former broadcasting partner, possibly former friend. We don't know. We've heard nothing. Maybe someday I'll stop bringing it up. But that's the sports from the old paragraph stacker. We'll be back. You guys! Stop making that surprise face. It's so annoying. Yeah, you can't possibly be that surprised all the time. What's with that bitch? Don't call me that. Y'all, oh, stop acting like you're all nice. You are so fake. <laughs> oh, there she goes, playing the victim again. What are you doing? Getting receipts. You're gonna edit this later. Uh, I, I would very much like to be excluded from this narrative. Crime news was my specialty when I was a reporter for the local Gannett outlet store here in Des Moines. But... Des Moines is not a great crime news city. We have very low crime. We sometimes have horrible things happen here, but that's true of everywhere. But we don't often have really hilarious crimes happen here. That's reserved for bigger cities with a larger criminal base and dumber ideas. Take this story out of Philadelphia. The Mint in Philadelphia, which is, I think, one of only two that still makes coins, reported that two million dimes had been stolen from a tractor trailer back in April. And the truck driver, the semi-driver, pulled over uh, to sleep for the night. And the thieves cut the bolts on the padlocks on the trailer, got in and peeled off $234,500 worth of dimes. The total cargo was $750,000 in dimes and weighed about six tons. I'm not good enough in, with math to be able to do the ratios on what, you know, $234,000 worth of dimes weighs versus $750,000, but still a significant amount of weight. Apparently what they did was transfer the dimes from whatever packaging they were in into smaller bags and then, you know, put them into their own waiting truck uh, and uh, absconded into the night. There, there were coins all over the uh, all over the parking lot which means they weren't super careful i i wonder about this driver like how deep of a sleep was this dude in that he didn't hear like sacks of cash hitting the ground but maybe those bungalows built inside the semis are super quiet for a reason i mean they've got showers and bathrooms and stuff in there so who knows what's going on not for me to judge, certainly not that guy's fault, but apparently, because, you know, they, the dimes of themselves aren't all that valuable to you. Like, what can you do with a dime? Maybe get a gumball at a machine somewhere. I think those all take quarters now. 
So the dime is, you know, did these guys, because all the people who were charged were men, did these guys, like, did they become the kind of people who paid for their groceries with their change jar? You know, they counted out the uh, number of uh, dimes for, like, $200 worth of groceries. I don't know what you do with I don't know what you do with just a sack of dimes, let alone $234,000 worth of dimes. Because, you know, if you if you deposit more than $10,000, you have to fill out a form because it's one of the ways that the federal government tracks illegal transactions, generally like drug trade. Like if you just suddenly drop off uh, 10 grand, they're going to ask you to uh, <clears throat> explain where this money came from. There's flaws in that laws, but I don't want to get off on a tangent. But apparently these uh, six men dressed in gray hoodies, armed with bolt cutters, had been on a spree of tractor-trailer robberies over the several months. And the thieves had also stolen frozen crab legs, shrimp, meat, beer, and liquor. Okay, I'm going to give you beer and liquor. Because at least you can consume that yourself, even if it's, uh, and the resale on that is is fine. Like, okay, we got this for free. You want a six pack for six bucks? Here you go. Whatever. But the meat, like, do you have the storage for that? Like, how many deep freezes do you guys have? Because the meat, if you don't get rid of that right away, it's going to go bad. You cannot barbecue enough meat if you're stealing a significant amount of meat to get to that point. Uh, this, and then the crab legs and the shrimp, especially, like they have to be kept super cold or they spoil like instantly. So, I mean, I admire the the idea that. I mean, I admire, I guess I, I admire the ambition of the thieves in terms of like, these are high quality foods, meat, shrimp, crab legs, but you can only, clearly it's not for personal use. And I don't, how do you fence crab legs? Like you, you go into the pawn shop and you, you ask for Gary and you, you know, in a, with the knock, special knock or the handshake or whatever. And then Gary comes out and he's like, yeah, you know, what do you got? It's like, well, I've got, uh, you know, 500 pounds of crab legs. And like, what the fuck am I going to do with 500 pounds? You think I got, you think I got cold storage back here? This is a pawn shop. Like, get out of here with that, you know? So I, I, I guess it worked for them until it didn't. Uh, you know, when I was a little, little kid, you could go to a phone booth and make a call for a dime. Or you could make a long distance phone call and just keep feeding dimes into the payphone, but there are no more payphones and there are no more dimes. I mean, there are no more, and they cost like 35 cents by the time I was in high school. So, congratulations to the to federal authorities who have apprehended these uh, gentlemen. And just remember, if you're going to become a thief, go big or go home. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Here at Talking Paragraphs, if there's one animal that we love above all animals, it is the bear.
the bear just seems to be the nexus of comedy in the news. A while back, there was a bear that got loose on an Iranian plane, passenger plane. And we're just waiting for the Sam Jackson movie. I'm tired of these motherfucking bears on this motherfucking plane. We're all waiting for that. No one, you know, whatever crap is coming out at the box office, you know, the Scorsese, you know, criminals are great. Murder is awesome. Latest movie or uh, whatever, you know, another bar Barbie two, Barbie six, whatever. Uh, it's not going to compare to bears on a plane. We've had many bear stories at talking paragraphs in throughout the years. And the tradition continues today. We've got multiple bear stories. First, there is the crowning of a champion. The Alaska Fat Bear Contest has uh, has ended. And the winner is a uh, bear named Grazer, which is sort of ironic, given that uh, it's the fattest bear. It is a uh, uh, also known as Bear 128 uh, uh, to the fans of Fat Bear Week. Grazer uh, won this year's contest handedly defeating Chunk, 108,000 votes to 300, 108,000 votes to 23,000 votes in the finals, uh, according to the Associated Press. Uh, the So this is a, uh, a mama bear. Uh, Grazer has done the best job of getting fat for the winter hibernation season. So the fact that this this exists warms my heart. And I I think I trashed Alaska in an earlier segment, but here I raise Alaska up. We give at Talking Paragraphs, we take away. That's just how it goes. We are a machine that not only reports the news, but we mock the news. And this is what's happening here, Alaska. Thank you for having the Fat Bear Contest. Best of luck in your long winter's nap, Grazer. So the other bear story that is, uh, is I think, actually more interesting is that there's this video online, and it's from Connecticut. I don't think we should hold that against it, but it's from Connecticut. So it's probably involves uh, an expensive home owned by people who commute to New York, but city, New York city, but these people in their home, they have the ring cameras set up uh, because everybody needs a ring camera these days. Um, I, I, just as an aside, we talked about this at the reunion. All of the shit that my friends did, I didn't really do a lot of stuff because, for lots of reasons, but I just didn't really do a lot of stuff. My friends did a lot of stuff. I'm not really going to get into that stuff because I wasn't there. I'm going to screw up the details, secondhand knowledge. But they did stuff. You know, they threw things at cars. They egged houses. They TP'd. The basic stuff. But they took it to another level. And all I'm going to say as a teaser is that they got a teacher to shoot at them one time. So, uh, and that, we'll leave it at that because I, I don't want to get into it any deeper. But all of that stuff wouldn't happen today because people have ring cameras and cameras on their phones. Like, you just can't get away with stuff anymore. 
So this this bear, unless you're a bear, if you're a bear, you can get away with whatever the hell you want because you're a bear. This bear gets into this Connecticut home. And I don't know if they just left a key in plain sight or under the, the bear was like, oh, they always hide it in this rock. But the bear, uh, the, the bear, uh, gets into the house, goes into the kitchen. It's one of these mod refrigerator freezer jobs where the freezer is a drawer at the bottom. Bear pulls out the freezer, uh, digs around in there, pulls out a bag that apparently has lasagna in it. It's like, okay, I'm good. Steps up on the freezer door and then goes out through a window, out the back porch, off into the woods. Couple of things here. One, if you live in bear country, don't leave your windows open. I just, FYI. Uh, secondly, what was in that lasagna that smelled so good that even frozen, the bear was like, yeah, I'll take that. You know, they didn't open the upper fridge where there might have been like cold cuts or you know, hard-boiled eggs or whatever. They went straight for the lasagna, which tells me they've been there before, that they've had that lasagna either out of the trash or maybe the family had them over. I don't know. But that bear has been there and knows that lasagna, knows that it's the best dish in the house. And they went and they got that. They went and they got those leftovers. They're like, no. Uh, I wasn't invited over last time, but I'm going to get this lasagna. I bet that bear was casing that house for weeks. And they, when they got the whiff of the lasagna, like, that's the thing I'm going to get. Like, maybe they had, you know, penne pasta. Now that sucks. You know, like, or maybe they had hot dogs one night or they ordered pizza. Like, I can get pizza anywhere. But when they smelled that lasagna, they were like, that's that's when I'm going to break into that house. You know, they, they cased it like those two burglars, this bear cased it like those two burglars at home alone. And and it, like the bear was not messing around. He's like in the house, in the kitchen, out the window. I respect the efficiency of that, that theft. I, I respect the fact that they were going after one prize. They weren't greedy. Like he, the bear didn't grab like everything in the fridge or they didn't, they didn't get, uh, they didn't try to take a TV or oh, they just, they got one thing and then they left. And if I was that family, I'd think hard uh, about whether or not I wanted to make that lasagna again. Cause it's bare. It's, it's just crack for this bear and you could be in trouble. That's all I'm saying. So congratulations to the bear community for the for the fattest bear and the swiftiest bear. That that's something you, you just you can't underestimate the cunning of the bear. So there's your bear news this week from talking paragraphs. You needed it. I needed it. We all needed it. We all needed a good bear news story. Helps us survive, if you'll excuse the pun, bear the heaviness, the load of daily life in America. Just if you're sitting around and you're sad, just think of this bear sneaking through the kitchen of a Connecticut home, getting the leftover lasagna. And then I want you to think as a family, as the families are living there out there, can you make a lasagna that's good enough that a bear would break into your house to steal it? That's the new standard for foodies is, is my lasagna good enough for a bear to break into the house and steal it? And if the answer is no, then why are you making that lasagna? I guarantee my mom's lasagna is good enough for a bear to break into their house and steal it. If we had bears in Iowa, which we don't, or we might, but not, not regularly. So they would steal that. Oh, that's that Graziano sausage. That's good. 
the top noodle is perfect, you know, we're going to get that, that lasagna. The problem is we don't leave that many leftovers when we have lasagna. So keep that in mind, kids. Okay. Keep it in mind. Uh, if, you, if you're going to make lasagna, finish it. Finish it. Don't leave leftovers. It's going to bring bears. Just be wary of the bears. You can never trust bears. Look at that, that fucking guy, uh, Yogi Bear. All he's doing is stealing people's picnic baskets. Chronically stealing people's picnic baskets. Hannibal Bear tried to, wear, to warn us about Yogi Bear, but with Yogi Bear, but we didn't listen. And now this is our reality. Bears are breaking into our houses and stealing our lasagna leftovers. We'll be back for final thoughts. Wanna go psycho with me, Elvira, here at the Bates Motel? Look for me wherever they sell mug root beer. And enter the Go Psycho with Elvira contest. You can be my guest at Universal Studios in Hollywood for a monstrous bash at the Bates Motel. Shower anyone? Halloween goes psycho with Elvira and win a party with mug root beer and me. I love my mug. I love it. Want to go psycho with me, Elvira? Okay, we're out of here. Uh, if you like this podcast, you can find it anywhere. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, RSS feeds, all, all of the places where people get podcasts, except iHeartRadio, which is only for famous people. Um, visit paragraphstacker.com. That's where my columns are. These podcasts are all posted on there. If you are of a mind to, and you enjoy this content, uh, and you want to contribute to its continued, uh, existence, please hit me up at Venmo at at newsman one or on PayPal at paragraphstacker.com or just add paragraph stacker. Sorry. Um, share this thing out. Say, Hey, check out this podcast. I, I don't, I don't want to belabor this, but a while back, this page that I had on Facebook, Daniel P. Finney's paragraph stacker was hacked, was hijacked. And I can't get it back. Facebook doesn't give a shit because they're Facebook. So I created a new page. Uh, it's, uh, Daniel P. Finney's paragraph factory. And it's only got like a hundred, 112 likes. The other one had like 4,500. It's now got like mysteriously has like 12,000 likes, which I assume are all bots and bullshit, but I can't for some reason get that, uh, content returned to me because Facebook doesn't give a shit. So anyway, I'm rebuilding the audience. So like, share, and subscribe is my hope to to rebuild the audience. I'm never going to have uh, legacy mainstream, legacy, legacy media access again. So nobody's going to be pimping for this podcast or have it, uh, you know, it's exposed to whatever number of readers the local Gannett outlet store has. I will not be able to have access to them to pump, to pimp the page or the product. So I, I'm going to have to do this virally. So at a minimum, go to the Facebook page, uh, which is uh, Daniel P. Finney's Paragraph Factory and like the page. Paragraph Factory, not Paragraph Stacker. And like the page. And make sure you just just type in Daniel P. Finney. The other one will come up. Ignore that. It's a bastard son of a bitch who stole it. And like I said, feel free to contribute. Send a couple of bucks. My address is out there. Send a couple of bucks. I'm not saying it's hard times, but uh, the first couple of years you're a teacher, you're on what's called an initial license. And... When you're on an initial license, you don't uh, make as much uh, as I will when my master's license kicked in and I got to go through a series of trials this year 
to get my master's license. And so we'll see if that happens. I don't know. Uh, you know, you do, you, I, I'm doing my best. It's a hard job. So like I said, like, share, subscribe, can contribute if you want to, but most of all, take care of yourself. Uh, try to smile a little bit every day, even when smiling feels like it hurts and find something that you enjoy, uh, even if it's a nap and by all means, uh, try to behave and be kind until next week. This is the old paragraph stacker himself, Daniel P. Finney, wishing you everything that you want except a bear stealing your lasagna. Bye-bye. Well, I guess we can close the file on that one. It's over! Nothing is over! Nothing! You just don't turn it off!